Popcorn Heist is an interactive community of pop culture lovers that spans multiple mediums. We dive deep into TV shows and movies of the past, present, and future to bring you the hottest takes and the coldest truths. Do you have what it takes? Join the heist. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to Popcorn Heist, the podcast. I'm Nick. I'm Jake. Welcome back. We're talking about a Pixar movie today. First episode about a Pixar movie, actually. Is it really? Have we not talked about? No, we talked about Luca. Oh, look at we me. We have a not Luca even... episode. Go listen to it if you've seen Luca. Look at me forgetting what our own episode. I know. Is. I no. remember that because that was one of the first Popcorn Heist report cards. It was. You're right. Yeah. I'm, it might have even been the first. I don't think no, so, though. Cruella was the first one. Right. I, that. I think Luca was the second one. So yeah. we ranked Luca, and I'm sure we will do some comparisons to Luca in today's podcast. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so, excited. It's been a while. Like, Pixar has, like, their three movies a year, but it's been a long time since Luca came out. So that's probably why I forgot that we did it. So, and I love Pixar yeah. movies. Yeah, and we love we love Pixar movies here at Popcorn Heist. Um, we did a Pixar movie bracket uh, way back when, and uh, I think we have a Pixar movie ranking, though. Do we not? We do. We do. I, I written by yours truly. Yes, yes. Jake wrote a great Pixar movie listing. I think we should update it soon. But um, if yes, you're into that's... if you're into Pixar movies, you know what? If you're not into Pixar movies. You should not be listening to this You've episode got a pro- one, and you should not be following Popcorn Heist two. <laughs> Jk, <laughs> no, reevaluate your movie taste if you don't like Pixar. I'm, I met someone recently that was like, I don't want that. Like, understandably, like there are people out there who don't like Disney, like whatever. But like, how do you not like a, a single Pixar movie? Like, yeah, Pixar's come on, like, have you had a childhood. Pixar is like on its in its own world. I feel like I consider them like separate from disney movies just because they got their own it's like a genre of movies basically you know yeah and i i think um i think i obviously grew up on pixar movies but you kind of got me back into watching the more recent ones um i think you you always push me to watch the new ones um which i'm always happy i do because they're always they're always they still got it pixar they really still got it Uh, i remember i saw like inside out a while after it came out um but the recent ones i've all seen pretty soon after like soul luca Turning Red, I, I saw right right after they came out, and I'm always happy I watch them. Um, Turning Red, I saw twice. I always I watch a lot of them with my I mom. Twice, too. <laughs> I watch a lot of them with my mom. Um, sometimes my brother or sister will will tag along for the ride too. Um, but my mom always enjoys them too. Yeah, Pixar's just one of those like studios that you know, anytime they come out, it's going to be something really quality. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's getting to that point where like they have so many good movies. It's like at it was like in phase three of, of the MCU, like when they just like could do no wrong, like Pixar just like at a certain point can do no wrong. And it's so hard to decide what your favorites are. So my, our ranking actually is before soul came out. So we're going to come up with an updated one soon, but like, that's going to be hard. I still haven't even like fully placed these new ones in my ranking, but yeah. And I'm glad the last few have been originals and not just sequels. I know Incredibles two and toy story four kind of recent, but um, so Luca and Turning Red are all all new, all new ideas. So I kind yeah. of enjoy that. Yeah, I think I heard somewhere that like I don't know if all movie studios have this sort of deal, but apparently Pixar has this thing where like they're binded in a contract where they have to make 
spinoffs or sequels like every three years or every two or three years or something. So that's why there's like a period when like Finding Dory, Incredibles 2, and Toy Story 4 all came out. And then there was like a bunch of originals and then, mm. which I don't know. That's interesting, but I'm hyped for Lightyear. That's one spinoff I am so hyped for. Like, it's a little different. It's a little different yeah. than most sequels. Yes. Yeah. But uh, but anyway, uh, before we get into the subject of this episode, for those of you joining us for the first time, Popcorn Heist is a brand that Nick and I created to share our love for movies and TV content. Um, we're diehard fans. We're creating it for you diehard fans listening out there. But Popcorn Heist, the podcast, is a show specifically where we can nerd out about the franchises we love most, like Marvel, Star Wars, Game of Thrones, Avatar, and in this case, Pixar. Uh, we release new episodes on Thursdays, and if you like an episode you listen to, we please ask that you give us a follow and review on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you can find. Uh, give us a review because it really helps us grow in in the end game. And uh, we'd be remiss if we also didn't mention the other podcast on the network called A Simp's Guide to the MCU, where the relationships, romances, and bromances of the Marvel Cinematic Universe are discussed with Alyssa and Kelly. And if you want more pop culture content, such as blog posts, rankings, brackets, and Tuesday trivia, visit us online at popcornheist.com or follow us on Instagram and TikTok at popcornheist. Woo! Join the heist. <laughs> um, so, should, I mean, we've been talking Pixar already, so I guess we should just get right into it. Yeah, let's uh, hit us up with the quote of the episode, Nick. Yeah. I, if you've ever listened to Popcorn Heist before, you know we love quotes. Um, we bond over quotes. We quote random things all the time. And um, we have a quote every episode that we choose that kind of applies to the subject material. Sometimes it's from the subject subject material. Sometimes it's not from the subject material. And today it is from the subject material. And it was the first time in the movie that I was like, I said audibly, oh, <laughs> and I don't know why. I don't know if it applies to how I feel about this movie necessarily, but um, the quote is from the father in this movie. I forget his name, but um, he it's when um, the daughter is quite stressed out about her situation and he turns to her and he goes, red is a lucky color. And I don't know, like the dad just didn't say much throughout the whole movie, but definitely early on. And just him turning around and saying that to the daughter when she was stressed out. I feel like was it was just very heartwarming for and me. He had this like this ambiance, this like energy about him. Like he was so soft spoken. They kind of like played him like the butt of the joke a lot of the time. But like, can we just say right at right now he's like top five like Disney dads or like any like kid show kids movie dads. Yeah, I I really loved him. Um, it was funny. Yeah, he was the butt of the joke at times, and he was like a typical dad at times. Like. Um, Spoiler alert, when the mom thinks that um, May, is it May Ling or May Lin? May Lin. May Lin. Um, she thinks that she's having her uh, her first period and the dad just like doesn't know what to do. It was very funny. Um, but he really was like at times the heart of the movie and he said very few words. Um, my roommate my roommate and I always talk about like how a lot of relationships have a mouthpiece and he was clearly not the mouthpiece of the relationship. Like the mom talked way more than him. But when he did speak, he spoke with purpose, and it was very meaningful. And just him turning around and saying red is a lucky color, I, I felt comforted. So I'm sure Maylin felt comforted. Yeah, it was so nice that like, and, and like, along with that, like everything that she's been scrutinized for the whole movie, like he turned around and he's like, he saw the video of her 
turning into the red panda like scheming around with her friends and she's like oh i'm so sorry i'll delete it because she was like so afraid of like what her parents were going to say and he was like no i like you made me laugh like i like it keep it mm-hmm. like it yeah was, that's it another so great scene. sweet oh that's another great scene and yeah. honestly even at the end when he's running around like drawing the circle and we'll get to that but he's drawing the circle and doing the most out of everyone really at the beginning yeah. he's like let's do it come on um so i i loved him he was one of my favorite characters and i thought just thought that quote was very sweet and heartwarming almost almost brought me to tears oh I, i'm glad <laughs> you suggested it I, I that's a good quote for the episode yeah i i really liked him i thought he was so funny um yeah like going into this movie i knew it was about a a girl like who kind of i know i knew they were making an an allegory to like puberty and like coming of age that like she starts to turn into a red panda whenever she's excited that's really the extent of what i knew about it though um and it was so unique in a way that the first time i watched it bear in mind i did have a few uh drinks in me when i was watching the (laughs) watching it the first time so i didn't really like get the weight of it the for the first time around and then the second time around i was like wow this is like really something special and something very tonally different not only animation style but just like the sound the music pixar films i feel like all have a very distinctive like iconic soundtracks this had its own like sound its own style very reminiscent of like anime and like dragon ball z and stuff like that and yeah, this the story. I feel like we've had like Luca was kind of touching on coming of age, but this was like completely different version of that. I thought it was really cool, and I, it caught me off guard the first time around. But the second time, I was like, "Wow, I really dig this. I'm, I'm vibing with this." Yeah, I think um, definitely the anime. Right from the jump, you see the inspiration from anime. Um, it's like the, I feel like the first opening scene when they're like besties unite and it's like introducing each of them like very anime um, and it was like a lot to handle right when you start the movie I was not expecting it but I loved it and I was like this movie is going to be adorable and then um, I also think like just the fact that her powers are just like oh yeah our family turns into red pandas and that's what happens and it just is what it is it's kind of also like very anime of the movie to, mm-hmm. to take that like superpower and be like, yep, our family just has this thing that we, or this power that we use. Um, I thought, I thought it was totally different. I think it, it does like, it did remind me of Encanto a little bit, even though it's not a Pixar movie. Um, like dealing with expectations of family and, and stuff like that. Um, like clearly the relationship with the grandma, which I don't think the relationship with the grandma was the most important one in this movie. It was more the relationship with the mother, but I did see some parallels there. Um, for with Luca, I saw parallels in the fact that the goal of the movie was to get to a concert where the goal of Luca is to get a Vespa. Like they take this like mundane thing. And like when you're a kid, these things are like, this is what like going to a concert seems like the biggest deal when you're a kid. Like it seems like every, everything you're doing is leading up to like one, your next event um and it took it took that which i thought was like a good way to uh, like a good goal of the main character is like it's just getting to a concert mm-hmm. um I, that did remind me of luca a little bit because the goal is literally to just get a vespa and win win a race to get a vespa um but yeah i loved it <laughs> yeah, me too. um you um you actually pointed that out to me and i never i never really put that together but that's something that pixar does so well is like they're known for like 
being like can bring you to tears and like they have such adult theming in their in their movies but like they do it so well where they take something so small and then blow that up into something where you're like whoa like this is so meaningful like in the end like it's something that's really doesn't matter in the long in the long game but like they find a way somehow to just connect it to something where you're just like oh my god like wow why is this putting me in my feels right now and you know what if I lived in that world, I would want to go to a four town concert just as bad because oh I'm a four townie. I love them. I loved. We'll get to the ending scene later, so I'm not going to touch on that. But I'm a big four town fan. Their songs spectacular. Oh my god! I've been listening to the four town songs like I'm no joke. I have like a Disney playlist and like a movies and TV soundtrack playlist. It went right on there. Right after my roommate and I put the ending song, "Pandas Unite." On our pregame playlist, dude. When they <laughs> when they start chanting, oh, like we're jumping. We just got to talk about it. Yeah. In the end, when they have like the ritual to turn the mom, who's like a gigantic red panda, back into herself, and they all like sacrifice them, which was so that was a big anime like superhero, almost like a Power Rangers moment. They all took off their yeah. gems and like were running and threw them on the floor, turned back into pandas. Super and they like cool. elegantly like jumped as pandas. Yeah, yeah. Um. <laughs> It reminded me so much of like the Power Rangers and, and stuff yeah, for some reason. But anyway, they start doing like this like traditional like uh, Chinese chant to like you have to sing when they're doing the ritual. And it just oh, my God, it like overlapped so perfectly with the four town song. I was like my like mind left my body for a second. I was like, oh, my God, this scene is great. Yeah, I mean, that literally me and my roommate and I audibly. My current roommate, Jake's my former roommate, guys. We miss each other, but we don't live together anymore. Sure. Very sad. <laughs> um, we literally like got up and we're like, no way. When Because the whole ending scene when they're chanting, because they, if you haven't seen the movie, I'm not sure why you're still listening, but we're happy to have you. Um, but th- they established earlier in the movie when they're doing the initial ritual and they fail that they just need music. It doesn't matter what you sing they just need the spirits just need music to like initiate the ritual it needs to be like loud and passionate yeah and they're like louder louder i was like get four town to sing come on and like meanwhile four town almost just croaked like the mom was they were hanging if you watch again they're like wiggling their legs they're like they're literally helpless and then they like fall i guess at some point and when they got up on the debris and started doing a dance number and singing nobody like you i was like no way and then i saw that they the like it flashed to the aunties and the grandma and um maylin pulling the mom and and like maylin was singing the song and i thought for a second the aunties were singing the song and i was like there's no way they know this four town song but instead they were doing the traditional chant and it weaved in i was like no way i literally started dancing around the room it was so fire one of the best final battles of all time. <laughs> <laughs> well, that that's something maybe like, okay, so I talked about like initially coming into the movie, like the new style, like the anime-ness and like the very vibrant, like it's like very boom, boom, like in your face, like very like, well, I don't know how to describe it, but you know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. It's like very like poppy and like, you know, over expressive where it catches you off guard and you're like, wow, this might be like a lot if this continues throughout the whole movie, but it worked really well. Then I was like super into the movie. Like, you know, the coming of age stuff worked really well. The whole 
story in general works really well. And then the end, when all of a sudden the mom is just like a Godzilla sized like red panda, kind of took me out of it for a little bit. I think it's like my only criticism of the movie where I was like, this is a little out of hand. Like she's just like a Godzilla red panda now. Like it, it just seems a little goofy to me and like that they were just like fighting like that. But then once that song came in, I was like, oh, you brought me right back in. <laughs> like I'm here now. <laughs> Well, I, I, I think it was fitting, too, because the main theme of the movie focuses on the relationship with the daughter and the mom. And there really wouldn't be any, like, main climax that would involve any other villain. Like, And the mom's clearly not a villain. So I think it worked well that the mom, and they, the only way you could really do it is have her be a huge red panda. Um, I think it worked well that the mom was, like, kind of the main issue they had to deal with. And then once they go into like the spirit world, you see what the mom's relationship with her mother, like how, how much it tormented her. So that's um, what really... seeing it all reconcile, like each of the relationships, how they reconciled in the, in the lineage, it worked mm -hmm. really well. That's what really brought it full circle for me when they go into the spirit. Well, I think they called it the astral realm. I was like, Oh, Dr. Strange astral realm. Um, <laughs> but that's what really tied it together when you like see her mom's spirit like crying as like a little kid and you see like she's only been like this hard on may because of like the relationship she had with her mother mm -hmm. and it's like sad because like it, it's kind of like like you said it reminded you of Encanto, very astute of you nicholas because like they all clearly like love each other so much but like all their problems stem within the family and it's another like along that common thread of like families can be a beautiful thing, but like they're not without their problems, you know? And it, that, that moment in the spirit world really reconciled, especially when May was like, I'm keeping the Panda. Like I'm going to be who I want to be. Like, this is who I am. I'm not going to hide this awkward part of myself. You know, I, I, that was that end scene, the way they tied it together was really, really great. Have you, okay. I'm going to make an even better comparison. Have you ever seen, <laughs> It's going to be a random one. Have okay. you ever seen Monster in Law featuring no. J-Lo? No. Oh, Jake. It's like kind of the worst movie ever, but so enjoyable. It's like a, it's like a rom-com. And pretty much okay. the plot of the movie, J-Lo is dating this guy. He proposes to her. They're getting married. The mom, it's like the mom and J-Lo are the main characters. Like the mom of that guy and J-Lo are the main characters. And she, mm -hmm. the mother-in-law, the potential mother-in-law, hates j-lo and is like real mean to her it's um i can't remember i can't remember the actress's name i should know this it's someone very famous i can't remember okay. i'll start you after this but anyway later in the movie like right as the wedding's coming up her her mother-in-law who I, the father's no longer in the picture i think he passed away her mother-in-law comes to the wedding and you see that her relationship with her mother-in-law is like really damaged and like the her mother-in-law was super hard on her which is why she's been mean to jlo this whole movie so it really reminded me of monster-in-law even though it's not a direct mother it was that same like our relationship is so messed up because of my relationship with my equivalent mm -hmm. yeah it's it's like not something that we've never heard of before but they found such a unique way to bring that to life like using like chinese like mythology and like that whole like the cityscape of toronto and growing up as a kid it was it, another comparison i'm gonna make which like 
you know, I feel like we haven't had a kids movie where they go so hard into puberty like this. It reminded me of Big Mouth a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Where like, yeah, I mean, Big Mouth is not a child show though. <laughs> and well, no, not in the slightest bit. But you know what I'm trying to say? It's, it's almost like, like it's almost like the Red Panda is her hormone monster. <laughs> Literally, that's like what uh, that's what made me think of it. And because like, I don't know, correct me if I'm wrong. I like there's I haven't seen a kid's movie where like they touch on like metaphors relating to puberty or like just like showing that like girls are like really into guys when they're that age, which like is cool that it was like the first thing. I don't know, like kids movies should be touching on topics like puberty, like. I, I think it I think it was really cool and it was yeah. just like enjoyable. My roommate who's a girl what, like in that scene when she's like drawing in the coloring book mm-hmm. and draws um can't remember his name. Draws the guy from the store. The clerk kid. The clerk. Who, I forget his name. Who just looks like a uh a, a, looks like a dumbass. A dumbass. Um, <laughs> um she's like drawing him and then she like doesn't she like the mom comes in she like throws her notebook down and then she's like hiding under the blanket kind of. Um, my room was like, this, this really is how it is. <laughs> <laughs> um, so definitely relatable. Um, yeah, I think there's a lot of coming of age stories, but I think this one was the most like specifically about puberty. Like they literally touched on the period thing. Um, yeah, they like touched on that metaphor, like right early on when she first turns into a red panda. Um, I also, after that, when the mom like shows up as, at the school and is like kicking, the security guard i was dying (laughs) but a lot of a lot of coming of age coming of age films like do kind of touch on these elements a lot but i feel like it's the first one in a while that or maybe the first one ever that i've seen that brings those two together like how puberty is also like that stage of your life where you do clash with your parents like the most you're really like discovering who you are Mm-hmm. You know, it's really the point where like your parents have given bestowed like this knowledge and like their way of like guiding you to be an adult. But it's really like when you start to formulate like, OK, I'm going to take that into account. But I, I also have this other side of me that I'm building myself. I thought it was just very effective in that, you know. Yeah. And when I, like I said, watching it two times really helped for me, especially since I had a cocktail or two in me uh, the first time um, is like. The first time I was watching, I was like, is this just like I didn't the metaphor didn't really like hit for me completely. I was like, okay, so it's just like a girl who turns into a red panda who's going through puberty. Like, what's the like bring it full circle for me? But I think that third act like really did it really well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think also something uh, just like I feel like it's more earlier in the movie. You really feel it that I felt like this movie did well, which I also think is important when you're telling a story about kids too, is focus on the relationship with the friends and how like she really felt comforted around the friends and not so much the parents. Like when you're at that age, that's really when you start to meet people outside your family or not meet, but like really become close, super close with the people outside your family. You find um, your, you find your like friend family. Like, yeah, exactly. And I, I think that was another scene. I think that was the scene I actually, te- I rarely tear up during movies. I teared up a little bit when they come into her house and are like comforting her and they're like, Panda, oh, really? no Panda, we got you. Like, and she's like, starts to feel better. And they start doing the four town dance together. I thought it was so freaking sweet. Um, 
the relationship with the friends was great. When she betrayed them, I was like, no. And then at the end, when you see that the friend was taking care of the Tamagotchi. So cute. So cute. Very early 2000s, too. I like that. I was going to say, we need to talk about the 2000s theme that goes on throughout the movie, too. The old TV, too, like with the old commercials and like the four town commercial, like, yeah, it was very reminiscent of like, oh, my I was like, oh, my God. Yeah. yeah. There were moments where I was like, people didn't say bestie in 2002. You don't think so? No, not not really. Bestie was not really like a. People didn't like I never said bestie in middle school. Did you? I was like BFF. That was like, yeah, yeah. People didn't say but like there was a few moments where I was like, that's not very 2002. Um, like a few, a few slang words that were used. Um, but other than that, I liked the vibe. I felt like four town really fit the vibe because boy bands were like huge in the early two thousands, as many of us know. Um, and it was great. Like, I will talk about this when we get to the report card with music and stuff, dude, Ludwig Gorenson, the composer is quickly becoming like one of the best film composers of our day. Mandalorian. Black Panther, Book of Boba Fett, um, the Creed movies, and now Turning Red. Like, he found a way to, like, use that, like, um, like the Western, like a Western orchestra, but combine it with Chinese instruments and also, like, use boy band influence and, like, rap and hip hop for, like, the cityscape of Toronto and a little bit of funk in there. Like, it just weaved so well. And you, like, felt like the movie had a character to it. I said this about, um, the Incredibles that like when you hear the incredible soundtrack, it has such a distinctive like sound to it. Like it's very inspired by like spy, like thriller soundtracks, but mm-hmm. like, you know, it's the Incredibles. Like you can hear a spy soundtrack and be like, Oh, that's a spy movie. But the Incredibles is like, that's the Incredibles. Soundtrack. Yeah. <clears throat> like up is like the nice, like inspired by like old timey, like, big band music and like the, tr- the trumpet with the harmon mute in it like you know the up theme when you hear it mm. like i feel like turning red is like a very distinctive sound yeah the music was great in this movie um especially for town mm-hmm. that's so, a I, I Billie agree. eilish wrote that oh but she didn't sing it she didn't sing it no. <laughs> for town sang it baby <laughs> um you know what else was gr- like another I must mention the food looked so good. I have it in my notes. I have my notes. Up that was one of my notes too. I was like, it. I've never seen cartoon food look this good. That scene when the dad is cooking in the in the beginning, I was like, oh my god, that's yeah, that's beautiful. Um, yeah. Have you seen the Pixar short Bow before? I think so, but it's probably been a little bit. It's the same people that worked on that worked on this movie. Okay, and it's just like. That's a really good Pixar short too to watch, um, but yeah, the, yeah, I agree. The food was a, another highlight. Yeah, so, had that, to mention the food because I was starving after I watched like the first two scenes. I had to it, make myself a snack. I'm not a good cook, so because you probably know where I good. Eat dinner until like yeah, like, yeah, uh, yeah, <laughs> yep, that's true. I I love the scene when um, May comes home. She's like, I got to get home to like do my chores, and she sees her mom. She's like. May, where have you been? You're like a few minutes late. Are you hungry? And just like shoves food in her mouth. Yeah. Yeah. Relatable. Yeah. We can relate. We can relate. Our mothers Mm -hmm. both, both feed us well. Yes. That's just true. Um, I want to check my notes. I don't want to forget anything that I put on. Um, 
Oh my god. Okay. I don't know if you caught this too, but like the points like where we said like the the animation was like really good, but it definitely had its own style of like being like in your face sometimes. The scene when she's having a nightmare before the night she turns into the red panda for the first time. Did you not notice like how like freaky that it, was? It, it's weird. It's real weird. It's like real weird. Like this the boy she likes like is like a cat, a worm on the floor, and just like his face like pumps out. Yeah. It's like, oh my god, what is happening? It looks like here? a SpongeBob. It reminded me of SpongeBob a little bit. You ever seen those yeah, you ever seen those memes where it's like SpongeBob be like funny as hell and then have a shot like this and it's just like yeah. a hyper realistic, like yeah. terrifying scene. Yeah. Oh my god. Um another scene that I really liked was when she uh they need the last bit of money to go to the four town concert and that kid tyler who's like her bully kind of is like i'll pay you to come to my birthday party he's not even a bully he's like a little biatch he's like a little twerp yeah <laughs> uh, but um the they're, they're at the party and like she finally like turns into the red panda and there's like kids like it was very it was really great how they depicted like a kid's party like you're awkward, like you're on your phone in the corner, but she like really was like getting them out of their shells and like bringing them to the dance floor. I love that scene. I thought that was real, a nice subtle detail. And the me. music playing in that scene, I forget what song it was, but it was very 2000s also. It was the, the chat, the everybody clap your hands. Was yeah. it? Like when they were waiting for her and they were all like playing charades. like Oh yeah. Head. Were they playing? Did they play Hey Ya at one point? I don't think so. Hmm. I'm skeptical. I think they did. They they played some popular song in the party, though. We should one of us should look it up because it's worth mentioning. Hold on a second. Yeah, yeah. The music was very early to dance. I loved what it. Song um, I also think another scene I loved. Before, we'll come back to the song from the party, but another scene I loved was the montage of when they're when they first decide to use the red panda to make money. Um, I thought that scene was awesome. Like the whole the whole montage, I was like, "Oh, this is so cool!" And like they showed the mom like sneaking up and getting kicked away by the security guard. Yeah. They showed like um, the friend is like the security guard outside. It was just very, very cute. I love that scene. I loved um, some some the way they animated uh, her friends too. I I specifically wrote this down. I was like, this animation is like clearly inspired by anime, but it also like is reminding me of something. And I don't know if you ever watched these movies or, or before, but Wallace and Gromit. You mm -hmm. know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I felt like it was like a I didn't think it reminded me of Wallace and Gromit. They like very round, like isn't that claymation? Animation. Yeah, it's claymation, but like the way that like everything is rounded. I felt mm. like they were all like round features and stuff. Like it was very for me, it reminded me of Wallace and Gromit. Very random, but um, the song playing at the party is "Bootylicious" by Destiny's Child. Oh, Great you're right. Song. You're right. Did Hayon not play at all in that movie? I can't believe that. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I love this movie. <laughs> I, th I thought it was really good. Yeah, definitely. So here's where we get into like, where does this rank in like Pixar movies and stuff? Like at this point, it gets so hard to put this in a ranking amongst the rest of them because it was so good and like such a simple theme. I don't think it like hits as hard as something like Toy Story for me or Coco, but like it's definitely up there. Yeah, I think I think it's easiest to compare it to the most recent ones. Out of the recent ones, I think it's better than Luca. For Maybe sure. not as good as Soul. 
Um, but close, I think it's close. I think it's very different. I think soul, I think soul is more like impactful where this one may be more enjoyable and more fun. Yeah, that's definitely true. Like, I think I might've enjoyed watching this one more, but soul after soul, I was like, that was something else. That was real. That was crazy. Yeah. I I I also hate the ending of soul. You hate the ending of Soul? I hate when they're just like, oh, you you impacted us so much that we're going to... Well, I don't want to spoil it if you haven't seen Soul. Oh, well, I know what you're going to say. You, like, I, there's one plot point I don't like at the end of Soul, but I don't want to say it because not everyone who... Not everyone's seen Soul. We shouldn't say it. They could fast forward. <laughs> fast forward 30 <laughs> seconds. <laughs> they just bring him back to life and are like, you impacted us so much. We're going to bring you back to life. I, I, I agree with that. Um, I like the last scene, though. I, he should have died. Yeah, I think so too. But <laughs> um, no, I, actually, I don't know though because I might have gone against the the theme of the movie though. Yeah, the theme the the last line of the movie is good, so I, I like it. But anyway, I think thirty seconds is up, so we have to stop talking about it. Yes, <laughs> but no no spoilers uh, anymore for Soul. But I I feel like I personally, and this is subjective, it, um, going to be for. Every individual person has their own opinions. I feel like I connected more to the message of soul personally for like my life than um, than Turning Red. But I do agree that Turning Red is like more of like an enjoyable movie where you're like, I don't want to like sit and like think and like cry or anything. But like, oh, you'll cry a little bit for Turning Red. But like in like a nice way, enjoy, you know, I think you I think soul like brings you to the to the dump sometimes like you're real sad at certain points of that movie yeah. returning red like the cries were very much like oh my god no way i kind of hope i i mean it's definitely going to be nominated for next year for the oscars i kind of hope it wins <laughs> i also i must say i can't believe this wasn't released in theaters that's bs yeah that's maybe yeah something we should hit on for a second I feel like the, for Luca and for Soul too, they weren't really. I mean, Soul was right at the start of COVID. Like there were no theaters open when Soul. Yeah, came. I mean, even Luca too was like still movies weren't really coming out as much. Like Soul, uh, Luca and Soul both came out before like Shang Chi, which I feel like was really the first movie that packed theaters. So yeah. I could see why they were hesitant to like make those movie, like put those movies in theaters before they tested it out with like a bigger movie. Um, but they've tested out. Encanto released in theaters too, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Encanto released in theaters. Tons of Marvel movies, and and I guess there hasn't been any Star Wars movies, but um, tons of Marvel movies, tons of DC movies have done well. Maybe not tons of DC movies, but you know what? You know what I mean. A lot of movies have been releasing. A lot of movies have done well, made a lot of money. I and they've already sold their streaming service. So yeah, it's it's kind of a shame because I, I could I. I could probably put money on it that like Lightyear is going to be in theaters, uh, the next Pixar movie, because mm-hmm. like Buzz Lightyear is a huge name. Like they know it's going to put people in the seats, but it's just un- uh, unfortunate because like these Pixar people put so much work into these movies. Like there's a reason why the animation is top tier. There's a reason why the stories are so good. Like these people work on these movies for a long time. And especially with these original ideas, like not the spinoffs that they do some, like obviously just as much work goes into the spinoffs and sequels, but like these new original ideas, like Luca turning red soul in particular are real, like passion projects for people. You could tell like they're yeah. pushing the needle on like impactful plot lines and just like pushing movie 
stories into territories that haven't been hit before. Like we said, hasn't really been a coming of age movie where that really touches on like puberty uh, for and like what it's like to grow up as a girl growing through puberty and stuff like that deserves to be in theaters. You know, I, I, I don't know. Encanto was like a new idea and isn't like a name that everyone knew. And I'm pretty sure it did pretty well in the, in the theaters. And I feel like they were really pushing the, the streaming service, but I don't think people are going to subscribe to Disney plus for why would, why would I spend $10 a month to subscribe to Disney plus for turning red when I could just go see it in theaters for like, I don't know what they're from a business perspective. Um, I, I know what, what they're, the, what they're, they, they have to like balance out like, what they're offering as exclusive to the platform versus what's in theaters. And like, they're think I'm, I bet you they're thinking about it from like a marketability standpoint where it's like, Hmm, let's see, like a movie about a girl who turns into a red Panda. Like, can, is everyone going to like grasp that? Like, is that going to speak to anyone to like go to the theaters? Like from the general market perspective, like we think it's awesome and I think it deserves to be in theaters, but that's like from a very high level, like marketing perspective, what's probably the way they're thinking about it. Which is unfortunate. I'm, I'm gonna go with one of my uh, my Sith dealing in absolutes again. One of my <laughs> takes, it, uh, along with never give me a trailer ever again. I'm gonna say never release a movie on a streaming platform before the theaters ever again. <laughs> I hate it. I love going to the movies. I think if you don't want to go to the movies, you don't have to. You can wait till it's on the streaming platform a month or two later. You should go to the theaters to see a movie. Never. Never again, unless it's like a TV movie, like it used to be, like it's a movie that you know isn't going to make any money, then I could see it. But Turning Red deserved to be in theaters. Never give me a movie on a streaming platform again. Well, it it works like that sometimes, like the movie that just won Best Picture, Coda, like was an Apple TV Plus original, like was went to streaming first. Like Netflix does like Netflix original movies all the time. I'm not saying Disney only. I'm saying everyone. No, but I'm saying like, I agree with you. I'm saying like. But they should have they should have announced that Turning Red was a Disney Plus exclusive when they announced the movie, you know. That's true too. Rather than being like, "There's a new Pixar movie coming out," and then like telling people at the last second, like when they start pushing the marketing, like, "Hey, sorry, it's not going to go to theaters," you know. Yeah. Never give me a movie on a streaming platform again. <laughs> I don't care what it is. Never again. That's my well, takeaway from this episode. Yeah. <laughs> maybe probably one of the the last things i want to say about turning i don't know if you have much more to say before we get to the report card but one of the last things i want to say is um i loved when may escapes the ritual and it's like i'm going to the concert and she starts yeah. jumping from the rooftops like turning back and forth in between a panda like i was like that this was so cool huge superhero energy i was like oh my god this is so cool and that was so cool like maybe we just look at it that way because we're superhero nerds but i was like this is like coming of age anime superhero all rolled together like i was like oh my god this this is great yeah it reminded me we keep making comparisons it reminded me a little bit of like avatar the last airbender even though they don't turn into animals i feel like they're always jumping from roofs yeah (laughs) like ang is literally always jumping from roof to roof um which is not an anime but similar similar uh Similar vibes to Turning Red, where it was anime-inspired. Do you think, also, another question. Uh, the beginning of the movie, when she's speaking to the camera and says, Hi, I'm Maylin Lee. Like, blah, blah, blah. Do you consider that breaking the fourth wall? Or is that just like... I think it's they a do, voiceover. They do that in like... No, but she was like speaking directly. Mm. Instead of directly to yeah, the that's true. She was... Yeah. 
I forgot there was voiceover and her speaking into the camera. Like, I do think you it is breaking that, the fourth wall. Right? Like, when you see that in a movie, you consider that breaking the fourth wall. The thing is, I'm not sure she's talking directly to the audience, though. Like, you know what I mean? Like, she could be saying that to herself in her... You know what I mean? I don't know. I guess it is technically breaking the fourth wall, but it's a little different than, like, House of Cards level. Like, I know you're watching me because I'm explaining stuff to the viewer. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I just always wonder, like, in the... Like, because I think that that's, like, stuff they do in, like, a coming-of-age stuff. They're like, hey, my name's blah, blah, blah. And then, like, this is my story, you know? I'm always like, are they breaking the fourth wall right now? That's a good question. I I think it technically is. I do think it's a little bit different. And like on Deadpool, for example, he like says jokes right to the audience. He's like, you know, that's it's a little different. Breaking the fourth yeah. wall. That's yeah. definitely breaking the fourth wall. I'm saying this is like a. I think it's a level lower. It's breaking the third and a half wall. <laughs> <laughs> so if we learned anything from today's episode, turning red is Avatar: The Last Airbender plus anime plus Deadpool plus. <laughs> Plus monster-in-law. <laughs> no, I feel like it completely stands on its own. Yeah. It definitely has its influences, but uh, turn go go watch Turning Red. Give those Pixar people some support because it was really good. I have one more question. Is 4Town more inspired by the Backstreet Boys or NSYNC? Ooh, I think NSYNC. I think NSYNC too. Yeah. Reminded me a lot of NSYNC. Okay, I'm glad we're on the same page. Just had to ask that. Someone asked Our- me that question. Quick little Versa series for you. Are, do you like NSYNC better than Backstreet Boys? I think I like the Backstreet. I think I think I like the Backstreet Boys yeah. more. I think. I think I've become more of like NSYNC leaning. Backstreet's back. All right. Great scene in uh, but This by, is the End. Bye, bye, bye is also good, so I don't know. What? Great scene in This is the End when they go to heaven and the Backstreet Boys are yeah. <laughs> performing. No, um, I think they were definitely inspired by InSync because the marketing, like a lot of the trailers used, um, it's gonna be me by mm. InSync. It's gonna be me. Yeah, I'm buying my. Okay, is it report card time? Yes, it's report card time. All right, so the popcorn ice report card is uh, a little system Jake and I use to rank movies. We have six categories, and we each rank them out of ten, um, and then we do a little Excel magic, and we come out with a percentage out of a hundred um mm-hmm. the six categories are pacing visuals acting music story and heart um so jake and i will each go through it and rank turning red dun 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 honestly i'm not too worried for this movie because we just praised it and honestly there's movies that i think may rank higher on the report card that we've said more negative things about during the podcast i think we nitpick some of like the superhero movies and stuff a little bit more where pixar we just like enjoy because honestly, it's pretty perfect. We're very nitpicky about like the Star Wars. Yeah, we're like, that didn't make sense. Yeah. It could be the best movie ever. And <laughs> like, we'll be nitpicky if it's like a superhero or a Star Wars movie. Um, but we have, really haven't said much negative about this movie. No. Um, anyway, let's start with the first category, pacing. Okay. Uh, can you go first on this one? I'll go first on this one. <laughs> I, I, I think pacing... Um, Pacing is probably one of my lower ones of the categories. Um, I'd probably say it's like an 8.2. Maybe an 8. Maybe an 8. I'm going to give it an 8. And the reason I say that is because I feel like, um, not that the pacing was bad, but it, 
I think there was a few ways it took a while to come together. Like I think in the beginning, like once you first turn into a red panda, like you have no clue what's going on, which is intentional. But then like it takes till the mom drops that exposition on her to really like, okay, I get what's going on. And same thing with the ending. Like I think a lot of the themes took till the ending to really land. Um, So I, I think pacing is probably one of my lower like categories here. I pretty much agree. I'm going to give it like a teeny bit higher. I'll give it like an 8.3. I agree that they're trying to make you feel like what's going on because they want you to be like her. Like, oh, I just turned into a red panda. What the hell is going on here? Um, And it did take a while. Like I said, like I wasn't completely sold on the metaphor until the third act, which really like locked me in. And I was like, I love this story. Um, but I do praise it in the fact that like when it got to, when they were at the party and they were on the roof, I was like, all right, like this movie's got to be ending soon. Like what's going on. And then like, they could have easily like rushed through the third act, but I feel like they devoted a lot of time to making sure that metaphor came full circle in the third act, which is actually like a a high point for it, but it still does knock it a little bit because at a certain point I was like, wow, this is like, this story's going on for a while. Like it's got to be over pretty soon. But then the third act was like pretty long actually. Mm. 8.3. I think that's fair. Next is visuals. Do you want me to go first? Do you want to go first? You go first. The visuals are spectacular. Um, The food looks amazing. Uh, All the animation is great. The anime inspiration is awesome. Um, The transformation into the red panda is cool. Like with all the, um, like pink smoke coming out of her. I will say when she's like half panda, it's a little weird. Sometimes it looks like she looks like she's wearing like bunny ears. Yeah. Um, and like a fake tail. I think that at times it got a little weird, but I'm not going to knock it for that because I don't care. That's, more um, like a, that's a story knock. Yeah. 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 Um, and the final act was great. Beautiful. The red moon was real cool. The spirit world was real cool. And the whole ritual was real cool. So I'm going to give it a real high. I'm going to give it like a 9.8. I'm gonna, maybe a, maybe a 9.9 but I'll stick with a 9.8 I'm gonna I'm gonna double you on a on a 9.8 just like everything about it Pixar is top of the line I I said I've said this about Disney too when we ranked in Kanto that like Disney and Pixar are up there with animation it just like always looks so crisp so beautiful and this one had its own style with the anime influence and I was like oh my god like this is just enjoyable to watch it just like so like serotonin just watching it like flowing through your body as you're watching a pixar movie awesome visuals all right next is acting it's always difficult with voice acting um yeah. it's difficult to really give it a super high score um i thought maylin her voice was like perfect for like a little middle schooler mm-hmm. um at times it was a little bit weird when it was coming out of the red panda but um, I thought the casting of the mom and the grandma like worked really well too. I, the grandma is like a super famous actress and I forget her name. Um, oh, um, I know the mom is Sandra O, oh, but I don't know who the grandma is. I um, the dad's voice was like perfect for his like quiet personality. The mm-hmm. friends like all, I like that the friends each had their own personalities too. Um, and I thought the voice actors did well with that. So I'll give it a 9.2. The grandma is Wai Ching Ho. 
um, and she like you would know her if you if you saw her. She was in Iron Fist, which is like <laughs> not the best representation of her acting abilities because she's a great actress. But Iron Fist was not a very good show. <laughs> but oh, she's in Daredevil. There you go. I haven't seen Daredevil either. Um, actually, I'm said nine point two, but I might go with nine. No, I'll go nine point one. How about cut it in the middle? I will give this. I'll give it a nine point three. I feel like, like you said, May May's voice was really great. Sandra O oh was great. I thought she was good as the mom. The dad's voice was perfect. <laughs> like. The perfect, like, goofy, like, oh, a, like, like, aloof dad, like, doesn't know what's going on. But then he, like, says something super soft-spoken and, like, heartwarming. And her friends, I feel like, had great voices, too. Mm. Like, they were all, like, such different personalities. Like, Priya was, like, very, like, kind, not emo, but, like, kind of emo a little bit. Um, I forget the other one's names. But they all had such very, like, distinct, like, vibrant personalities. And their voices worked really well for it. And Tyler. Tyler, too. Yeah. Tyler had a good voice for him. A little torbness. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, next. I'm very excited to talk about this one. Music. 9.9, maybe 10. <laughs> <laughs> I remember you texted me and you were, I was like, how are you liking Turning Red? You were like, I love it. Can't wait to give music a 10. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I'm going to give it a 10. Honestly, I mean, you've heard it from this point on, like the entire episode, we've been praising the music. Um, the Four Town songs, bops. So good. And just like go back and listen to the score too. Like specifically the track Turning Red. It, I think it's the first song in the in the movie when she's like walking down the street introducing herself is a bop. It's like very hip hop, like boy band influence, but also has like those Western, uh, I mean, um, those Chinese uh, instruments included. And very like fusion funk influence too, like really, really, really good. Um, I've been listening to like the entire score, entire soundtrack for a while. Um, I won't give it a ten. I'll give it a nine point nine. Okay. I think back. Let me talk on the music for a second. I think it had everything. It had a soundtrack with actual two thousands bops. It had the score, and it had the four town like made up music that's actually really good especially for the vibe it was going for and then to to top that they combined the traditional chanting with the four town song and it made a masterpiece ed uh pandas unite slash nobody like you right that's that's what it's called yep add to your pregame playlist do yourself a favor (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah or do you, do you have anything else to say? No, I'm just saying L- Ludwig Gorenson and uh, Billie Eilish and Phineas popped off with Turning Red. It was great. All right. Next is Story. Am I going first again? Yeah, you go first. I feel, like I, I feel like you usually go first in these episodes, so I'll go first yeah. for the whole thing. Um, I think Story, um, I think it was good. It's probably not like my fate. I don't think it like was a super, super profound story in general i like that they took a mundane thing of going to a concert and made it into like the main plot point um i don't think it was a super like complex story i think the themes hit pretty well um 
but I don't I don't know if it was the strongest point of the movie, like just the story in general. Um, I'll give it like a eight point eight. Um, I'm gonna go eight point seven. And I'm not yeah yeah I'm not just saying that score because it's like one lower than you. I actually thought of eight point seven like while you were giving your mm, yeah thing, I'm sure but... yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> well, yeah yeah of course it happened like that. <laughs> um, uh. Yeah, no, I agree with you. Like, I think it worked really well. And like, it, this is kind of related to pacing. The third act really like tied it together. It, but it wasn't anything crazy profound like soul. But it was very inventive and like a unique way to combine like that coming of age with also like the family struggles and puberty and like accepting your friends and the weird parts of yourself. That that was real. That's like what really another thing that really tied it together. It's like that's what makes you 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 know what's that saying we learned it like i feel like it was like a, a well, not a buzzword but like a buzz term or a buzz phrase that people were saying all the time like oh you know humans are 99.99 the same it's just like what there's like isn't that cool but like we're all just like a little bit different and uh it's really like those little quirks of yourself that like separate you from someone so i don't know that hit hard for me but it, I, like you said it wasn't anything like soul level profound so 8.7 all right, now we got heart. Movie had a ton of heart. Um, like I said, I don't, I don't cry. I've, I don't think I've ever like actually bawled during a movie. Um, and I, I find it uh, when I was watching with my roommate, she was like, "Now I know what makes you tear up in a movie." Like just like the friendship, and like the relationship with the parents like that made that made me like that hit me in the feels um i don't care if characters die i actually kind of love it what do you mean you love it (laughs) yeah i actually kind of love it um doesn't usually bring a tear to my eye but just seeing the way her friends treated her and like were really the ones to bring her up when she was down i thought that was so nice um and i just think the people who made this movie really like put a lot of work into it and clearly cared about all the like the like we said all the the music, the acting, the visuals, clearly a lot of work was put into it. Um, the themes really hit on like family struggles. And um, I mean, we talked about all this throughout the episode, so I'm not going to say too much more on it, but the themes hit really hard. Um, and I just love the, the different relationships in this movie. So I'm going to give it a, I'll give it a 9.6. Wow. Nice and high. Um, I pretty much agree with everything that you said. Uh, I'm not going to give it a 9.6. I'll give it a 9.3. Yeah, pretty much echoing everything you've said. You can tell that this story and this entire movie in general just came from a bunch of people who clearly like connected with these themes, like have experienced something similar to this, like really cared about everything they put into this movie. Um, it, 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 you, you really felt that shine through. Um, there's really not much more to, to say. I'm just like, it, it was nice to see some unique inspiration and really like a lot of feeling and a lot of, um, emotion put into this movie because like all the things that made it stand, stand out are the first things we mentioned in this episode, the animation style, like the inspirations that you from the music the story, the way they combine the themes, like you could just tell that people really cared about telling this story. And 
All right. Well, we have a score. I think it's dead on accurate, honestly. All right. Um, I did. And the score is 92%. I think that's spot freaking on. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. All right. You heard it here. 92%. We don't trust Rotten Tomatoes. We trust the Popcorn Ice Report card. <laughs> that is so true. All right. Go well, watch Turning Red if you listen to this whole episode and you haven't watched Turning Red. I think you've realized you have to watch it and you already know what's going to happen because we talked about it this whole episode. Um, but if you've already seen Turning Red, watch it again. And either way, join the heist. Join the heist. Join the heist.